Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. I know. Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen, and so are you! Again, my beautiful screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets bent. This is episode 131, and tonight, romance may not be dead, but it's looking like it's coughing up blood. Because, hey, Valentine's Day may be over, but that's still no excuse not to celebrate romance gone very, 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 very wrong. So I'm joined by the luscious and yet sadly heterosexual Joe Borelli from the Creature Cast to talk about the upcoming feature film, It Follows. And it also follows that even though we can't shut our mouths yakety yakin', our whole discussion is spoiler free. Guaranteed. Now, enough of my yapping, get your toes a tapping and butt cheeks slapping because I'm playing a promo. That last part didn't rhyme. Oh well, you can't win everything. Wine Rag, if, if you were going to create a promo for Next Blime in your drunken state, what would you say? <laughs> why don't we just talk about it for 30 seconds and why we need one? <laughs> and that'd be the promo. <laughs> It'd be perfect. In the promo, we should give unsuspecting new listeners a little tidbit of what our show is about. It's basically a group of hot, young, cute gay guys. Prematurely <laughs> aging. Well, <laughs> I sit here and talk. Please visit us online at nextblime.com. You know, I really should listen to these promos before I put them on my show. Were they peeing? It sounded like they were peeing. Peeing and giggling at the person who was peeing. What a terrible, terrible show. My stars. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens. It's lovely to be here with you again. And you know what? I have a very special guest with here, with me here right now, and that would be the wonderful Mr. Sebastian. I'll put him up to the mic so you can hear him purr. Of course, he stopped doing that as soon as I put him up to the mic because he's a diva. Yeah, he's feeling all better. He's had a rough couple of weeks, though, between the trips to the vet and the awful things we had to do to him to get his ear medication in. Well, we have visitors. Well, as a matter of fact, I have visitors. I'm being visited by my cousin, my 18-year-old cousin, Michelle, from Ireland, and her roommate from college. They're staying with me for a week and seeing New York City for the first time, and I'm being their tour guide to a point. And so Sebastian has had to deal with other people in the house which means he has to put his stink on everything that they touch, you know, reclaim his turf. So it's all been very, very stressful, is it not, you big stinky belly, you big stinky stinky... I'm talking to the cat, not Bradford, because that would really not be... Ew. Anyway, okay, yeah, so I'm, I'm nervous daddy right now because I've taught them the subway system. I've taught them what to do in an emergency. I've taught them how to use a cab, and they're out for the day alone for the first time. So, um, I get it, parents. I get it now. Except, you know, I didn't birth these people and raise them and have, you know, like 18 years of contact with them. But I get it to a degree right now. Uh, I'm not sure what else there is to talk about. It's an unexpectedly long show today. You know, like, what? It's always long. I said, no, but it's long for just covering one little teeny tiny movie, which isn't even out yet. So you can't really talk about said teeny tiny movie that much. Well, we do, because Joe is a very entertaining guy. We do not spoil a thing. I have triple-checked this. There is nothing in this that is not in the trailer. So you can rest assured that we are not going to be ruining... Ruin, I'll be ruining my speech patterns, but I will not be ruining this extra cool movie that hasn't even come out yet. So I think without any further ado, I'm just going to get right down to it and start talking about It Follows.
and my guests for this very special screening of It Follows. I am very pleased to announce to you, it is the one, the only, host of the Creature Cast podcast, and he may be straight, but he was still my date, Mr. Joe Borelli. It's Martini time, Martini Hey, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I'm a big fan of your show. Thank you. I'm, I'm a big fan of your show. And you know what I like about your name? It sounds like some kind of Italian dessert. Oh, well, I am very tasty. I, w- I would like the chocolate, the, uh, yeah, the, 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 the Gioberelli with, you know, the, the, with the mozzarella and the ragut. Ah. Yeah, we, uh, we are sumptuous people. You are sumptuous. sumptuous. Yeah. Good word. No, I, I live like with I live with four servers, so after a while, like they all work at high class restaurants. So after a while, you learn the, you know, you learn the 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 language of selling rich people food. You know, I don't really know why sumptuous is a good word because it starts with sump, and that's not a tasty word for me. Yeah, but it just has that roll to it. You know, sumptuous. sumptuous. Yeah, you just sumptuous. sit it out. Yeah. yeah, too many s's. You know, so many servers are of my people, so it'd be sumptuous, and it would just be bad. So yeah, uh, we went and saw It Follows, and it was super fun, and thank you again for inviting me. That was such a treat. Like, getting to see the film with Tony Timponi was a, was a blast. It, and was, it was very so good. cute, listeners, because this was a, a special press screening, and even for press screening, it was rather star-studded for nerds. <laughs> yeah, Cause my, my, Timpon- my scale of star is pretty like broad at this point. Tony Timponi, if you don't know, is the, I forget, he's got a super fancy name, but basically he's the Fangoria dude. Yeah. I looked him up on the internet and he had some crazy, I'm like, really? Really? Is that your title? Because that's the gayest sounding title. It was, you know, like, editor of Mushka Fufu, something French. I'm like, whatever. Uh, Mushka yeah. Fufu. Hi. Yes, that's your, that's your one of your cousins. Hey, no, I'm Edna uh, Mushka Fufu. Oh, yeah. Well, we're, you know, we're all. Get my, get my Joe Borelli with the Mushka Fufu. Yeah. It's a small country, and we're all Catholic, so there's just cousins out the yin-yang. Yes, but, that is true. That is true. But yeah, no, I mean, I've been reading Fangoria since I was a kid, and, you know, Tony Timponi was always the editor-in-chief, and, you know, it was very start. Like, you know, when you're a young nerd, your sense of, like, who's really uh, cool and doing interesting stuff is a little bit skewed. Like, I was, I was disproportionately excited to meet Kane Hodder over my chance to meet, like, Michael Jackson in a mall. So just very... You know, I was a horror nerd, and like the priorities get a little shifted. And... What were the uh, What were the odds of you meeting Michael Jackson in a mall? Well, uh, I mean, out, outside of a men's room stall is what I'm saying. I mean, I you know, I always camped out, and I'm just hoping for the best. But... In the men's room stall? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> occasionally, occasionally, quietly singing Billie Jean to myself. If if you know if, if he is trying to coax him in. Exactly. Keep singing it, maybe he'll come. You're gross. This conversation got really gross. But you, you know, know what, Joe? I, Joe? I don't know. It's just the theory. I was 11 years old. I figured it was like leading ET with Reese's Pieces. You know? I don't know. But, You're in double digits at that point. Does he like you then? This is terrible. Know. Okay. This, this, is, the, this, is, this is, great. is the Valentine's this is great, Day yeah. episode. Angle We're talking about child molestation, allegedly. Bathroom sex, definitely. Oh, <sighs> Joe. Yo. You want to listen to the trailer? I would love to listen to the trailer. Let's listen to the trailer. It's tradition. Go on dates. I had this image of myself holding hands with a really cute guy driving along some pretty road. It's never about going anywhere, really. It's having some sort of freedom, I guess. Okay. Are you awake? You're not gonna believe me, and I need you to remember what I'm saying. This thing, it's gonna follow you. Somebody gave it to me, and I passed it to you. Wherever you are, it's somewhere walking straight for you. All you can do is pass it along to someone else. I'm scared. I need to find him. Did he really do to you? Apparently he used a fake name to rent a house in the city. This isn't real, I swear to you, this is just some game. If it kills her, it gets me. and goes straight down the line whoever started it. What exactly is supposed to be following you? I don't know. Something happened. That's not what she thinks, okay? 
Everything's okay. It could look like someone you know, or it could be a stranger in a crowd. Whatever helps it get close to you. Okay, we're back. So that was my voice cracked. I was so frightened by the <laughs> by, by the trailer. Yeah. Oh, God, it's chilling. And uh, I think, it, you know, w- without getting into too many details, it really delivered on the promises that the trailer made. You know, I agree. I agree. But, Joe, since you were the guest, uh, it is your duty. Notice I put the British liquid you sound in there. Duty. Oh. So it's not it's not your duty, but it's your duty uh, to give me like a 20 second, three sentence plot summary. Sure. Basic, uh, basic plot. Oh, well, so the simple stuff is that there's a young woman named Jay, I believe, and uh, she's met a guy. She likes him. They sleep together. And the night that they sleep together, he takes her hostage. And he says that, you know, now you've been infected by this spirit that's going to come after you and it'll pursue you relentlessly in the guise of your friends or your family. But it will not stop coming and you don't want it to catch you. And the only way to avoid uh, kind of becoming its victim is to pass the curse on to someone else through sex. And if that person dies, then the curse reverts back to the original um, uh, infected. And it can keep going down the line, so it constantly has to... uh, You know, it's basically Death Herpes. Death Herpes is an amazing title. Oh, yeah. My new metal cover band. Death Herpes is an amazing title. Dustin Mills, if you're out there listening, that's your next movie. I just gave it to you. (laughs) Copyright that. Actually, Joe Borelli gave it to you. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll take uh I'll take press uh, tickets when it comes out. Bring Danielle Harris on cash. She's not in enough stuff. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah, the girl can't get enough work in the industry. Oh, that's my feelings it's on it. It's Really it, sad. It's really sad how they're horrible to women in this industry. <laughs> yeah. Oh bless. Good lord. Um. Okay. So yeah. So that was the. That's the story, and that pretty much sums it up. And um. What I liked about this movie is pretty much, well, aside from everything, because I really enjoyed the hell out of it. First of all, something that takes me back to the days of horror movies of yore was a cast of people I don't recognize. Mm-hmm. It's so rare these days to get a horror movie that do- is not chock full of stars. Yeah. And I mean, I made that Danielle Harris joke, but even like the horror community, it's so sort of closed and insular that... Half the time, the the casting is like in jokes from one horror fan to another. Like, yeah, you know, like like you're next, which I adore the movie. But the second I saw Ty West, it's like, okay, yeah, this is a you know the horror the Ty West horror club. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And not only that, like the thing that really struck me is that um, you know, I, teenage. I think the teenage years are really ripe for horror fiction in general because mm-hmm. there's a tremendous instability there. Oh but yeah, a lot. But a lot of the your actors, body's changing, your view on the world is changing. You're you're vulnerable. Insane. You're insane with hormones, and you're just starting to figure out how the real world works. Oh, yeah. And, and often what you learn is that the things that you were taught as a child uh, don't hold true. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, what, what struck me about the casting of this movie was that they looked like kids. You know, they didn't look like 30-year-olds who were, you know, like, yes. like playing Saved by the Bell. Like, they looked like, you know, the, the lead character looked like she was barely... Uh, leaving her teens. Yeah, which is exactly where she's supposed to be. She's 19. They say that. Yeah, and I I think that really works. It kind of enforces that vulnerability for me, and I I think that was one of the cooler touches of the casting. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we talked about afterwards that we both enjoyed is that, first of all, we're like, what? It's like The Ring? Yeah. The only way to get rid of it is to pass it on, but the thing is you don't get rid of it. You just delay it. It's still coming for you, but it's got other people in the way first. So you're not absolved of all responsibility. If you've got it, you got it forever. Like death herpes. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I well, see where you went with that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, I think what's interesting about that is that to be safe, you have to be somewhat immoral. You know? Like, uh, you have to sleep with... Like, the first time that we learn about the curse, the guy hadn't told Jay what, what sleeping with him would mean. No, no, he did it afterwards. 
Yeah, exactly. And when when it's afterward, he's so sort of shy and apologetic because like the sexy young guy that he is in the beginning scenes has been mm-hmm. replaced by this guy that's like, okay, I, I'm, I'm relieved that I got this away from me, at least for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, you know, I... I, I'm now, wor- you know, I don't feel good about what I did. I like just, I, just have passing- a, I have a responsibility now to keep you alive. Exactly. The longer you live, the longer I live. Yeah. And, and, you know, like the one of the characters that later gets infected starts cruising for prostitutes. And, you know, at best, that would, you know, he, if he slept with a prostitute, he'd either have to explain what he did, which yeah. is, which is the, you know, the phone calls, hey, by the way, you have herpes now. Um, or, <laughs> You know, just sort of let it run. You know, let let the let the girl figure out what happened, which would inevitably mean she dies. And uh, you know, that's not going to help you in the long run because this thing doesn't waste time. One of the things that I also said I liked about it is that this thing, the monster, or whatever it is, is plotting. The guy says one of the first things he says is, "It's slow, but it's not stupid." And whenever you see someone, the the person that it's in its guise, it's always moving at the exact same steady pace. That's kind of how you spot them in the background. Because like, one of the things that's really great, the guy's always using a wide lens. So there's always lots of, like I said, negative space around the main characters. You're always watching the back to see where it's going to come. It's going to come. You're going to start seeing somebody walking towards the camera. And even in crowd scenes, you'd be like, okay, that person is not moving as quickly as everybody else. That's the pace. That's the pace. That's it. That's it. And it's not. No, no. And that's actually one of the, yeah, you, cause you point that out. You actually know more about the technique of film than I do. Um, but when you were talking about the negative space, you know, they go to a school or they'd go kind of just out in public. And, you know, it's this sort of like Midwestern, these big areas. And, uh, like one of the genius things I thought about the directing style and that kind of use of those wide shots was that by the time it was coming around to like the time you're seeing those images, you were already acclimated to the rules of the world. So I was yes. very like I was spotting people like they were walking toward the characters, but they'd hold they'd be holding something or they'd have a more natural stride or, or in yeah, the back, hands in the pockets, something yeah, hands in the pockets or just swinging the arms a little broader. But there's always that one person in the background that's walking straight ahead in that sort of Terminator flat walk, like no yeah. motion wasted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even in scenes with the characters, like nothing, they, they, they weren't immediately in danger. They weren't running for their lives. You always had that sense that there was this menace bearing down on them. Yes, they could be coming from any direction at any time. Yeah, and in the guise of people you trust, like like uh, or not you know, at all. He said it could be someone you know. When, it could be someone you like. Don't what, know. What's sort of interesting is that there's always a sexual component. It feels like to the manifestations of this thing from oh, you yeah. know from what you can see, like they're, they're nude or they're. Um, the, yeah. Sort of, they have that focused purpose, but there's, you, the, or they you know, look like they've been sexually ravaged. There's several of them that you know have torn clothes with a breast hanging out. They look yeah. like they've been raped. Yeah, exactly. It's and giving it, you a taste of what I'm going to do to you. Yeah, uh, it's I a very it. overtly sexual. Like, it's always weird, you well, know, for because a reason the running sp- joke, especially for people who aren't super into horror, yeah. is that there's this old equation of like have sex, die. Like, like horror has this intrinsically puritanical streak. Well, and, I mean, and the a two lot, are linked. So. Oh, it totally is. And, um, you know, it's hard to, like, argue it in a lot of cases. But in this film that, you know, taking that sex equals death formula and making it the most direct where, you know, I think especially when you're really young, sex is really scary for a lot of kids. Yeah. And, like just the concept of growing into it. And uh-huh. then suddenly you take all this sexualized like stress and image and then you create a monster out of it, especially a monster that's just so relentless. I thought that was like like it's a really good use of sort of sexualized imagery mixed in with that danger. Yeah. And what I like, too, is it left to your imagination how bad it could get. Because the guy says when he first uh, passes on to her and he's giving her the rules, he says, never be in a room. With only one exit. And he says, you know, wherever you yeah, are, I, I'd wherever love that. you like, are, never, any- always have an exit strategy like yeah. that. Y- you become a frightened prey, you know, yeah. and that's really cool. Yeah. And he said, um, no matter where you are, know that somewhere you can run as far as you can, but just know it's coming very, very slowly in a straight line directly at you. It may take years to get there, but it's coming. It's walking, and we learn early on it can walk underwater. Like, nothing gets in the way. Oh, yeah. It's totally the Terminator. Yeah, it is the Terminator, if he had his boobs out more often. 
<laughs> well, uh, there will always be more sequels. So God knows we'll take it after that. Yeah, but, and I, I liked that it's a low body count film. Yeah, it's not I, a slasher movie. You know, it's not like we're introduced to this young cast and they're going to get picked off one by one. I like that fairly early on they banded they banded together to a yeah. help solve the mystery, track down the boy that gave it to her, and as Joe kept saying, he kept going. It's like the Scooby gang. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was in a cute way, not in a funny way. They never made the joke of being the Scooby gang, but it had that kind of support. Go, 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 ghost, Because nobody else can see this thing. No, no. And, and the fact th- that her sisters and her friend are taking it on, on faith that there's something there is cool. Yeah. And God, she has the most loyal friends I've ever seen. Like, they're just relentlessly supportive uh and and even as her plans get really weird and dangerous um you know and and yeah i mean i like that sort of scoot like because i was i was watching it and i tended like you know i like scooby-doo as kind of a concept and you know they're just they're young people there's no way that they can you know it's not one of those things where the problem can be um taken over to an elder or someone in authority like a police officer there's No. no way out for her except for um, just the people that she has that she would trust with this. Yes. And they, you know, they're initially really skeptical. Like, you know, they say, okay, she's something really bad happened to her. Like the way that she yeah. comes out of the first encounter or the, the, the encounter with the guy oh, looks she's very raped, like very raped. And all of these things that happen afterwards where she's being, you know, has close encounters with the monster look like it could be post-traumatic stress disorder or that kind of a thing. She's having some kind of, you know, whatever. Oh, yeah, She's absolutely. shaken up and, by that um, until... You know, they, 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 uh, all- you know, they eventually come around, and they come around in a big way, and they do it in such, like, a teenage way. Like, they're not... You know, they, they feel like kids. You know, one of them's always reading the book, which, by the way, the coolest little tech node was the uh, book, the, the e-reader that looked like a... It was either a clamshell or birth control pill case. I, th- I couldn't tell either. I thought yeah. it, was, it was a clamshell, but it could have also been a birth control case. It was the smallest e-reader I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. I, I but, like to think of it was a birth control But she case. was the smart one because she had the glasses. She was the Daphne. But the thing is that I also appreciate about this film, and I'm using that word intentionally... This isn't exactly a movie. It's a film. It's got all the setup of a movie, but it's got a lot of weight to it. Things that it doesn't spell out for you. Like the cinematography is fantastic. A lot of things are used symbolically. This girl with the reader, she's always reading philosophy and poetry, and that has play on what's going on. There's always some kind of insight. They don't explain it to you. No, no, no. Well, There's the, no the, backstory. The poetry in the hospital scene was, was lovely. Like, yeah. you know, it's one of those... You know, it's really easy to take someone's higher learning and just sort of shoehorn it as a way to be sort of clever, you know, like add your add your quote at the beginning of the movie to lay everything out. But I think, you know, a way someone who's really cares about, you know, smart cultured stuff, they find a way to find to make timeless art relevant to whatever's going on in their life. And I think that's what you'd like. Yeah, you're right. It is definitely without shoehorning it in and giving you the cliff notes of why this is important. And it's funny because I've been looking at reviews on IMDb. IMDV, <laughs> other websites, almost across the boards, the people, it's getting Babadook reviews. People oh, either yeah. loved it or they hated it. And the people who hated it all said the same thing. Like they were expecting a movie. They were expecting you know, a typical slash, slash, slash. But this has a lot more weight to it, a lot more responsibility. And somebody said the thing that we said. Well, why don't you just, you know – Go to a hooker, and I said, "Why don't you put out?" You know, I said one one Craigslist ad and a hotel weekend for a get. You know, weekend in a hotel, gang bang, good. You're done. You're good for at least five years, or are you? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You could pass it to all these people, but how long do you have before? Because do you warn them all? Oh, you you have to. It's the way to maximize the sort of. But even then, do they believe you? How long does it take for? Oh well, you're gonna lose people people along the way. Like Like, I, I figure, if you if you did the gang bang thing. At least half of them would blow you off as this crazy chick that wanted a gangbang in the first place. So they're sort of like, okay, yeah. how seriously are you going to take this? And but then once people start dying. Home. Yeah, they'll be dead yeah. before they get home. So, like, yeah. even if you pass it on to lots of people, you don't know how long until it's going to be coming back for you because it will be. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I but think the thing, that. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. But the thing is that they all said in their reviews, every single one, every single one, they were like, it didn't make any sense. Like, what was this thing? What was its backstory? How do you defeat it? Oh, I hate, I hate that shit so much. Like, who cares? 
Well, it doesn't horror, matter. Horror relies on ambiguity, like horror, like proper horror. Once you understand a thing's rules and borders and an end zone, it's just a villain in Buffy the Vampire Slayer to fight because yeah, you, you, you just you. It's a problem to overcome, and I think a lot of people like. To be fair, I think a lot of people go to horror for that. Like, if horror is a kind of a manifestation of the worst case scenario, if it's like everything that could go wrong, mm-hmm. then. You you see you know you see it at its worst, and then you see some plucky hero with good Republican values, sort of man up and or woman up and you overcome know, their out. personal problems, and then still get the girl. At the, yeah, whatever. Uh-huh. Exactly. But the thing is, is that that doesn't really make for compelling horror for me. Like I like ambiguity. I like not entirely knowing what 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 and why. And yeah. that means that horror, you know, because. To me, the reason that this works so well for me is that, you know, I have my most of my nightmares are pursuit nightmares. There's something relentless coming after me. Oh, OK. This and, is good stuff. OK. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes oh, I'm yeah. listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I you're cheaper than my therapist. And, um, you know, like your therapist doesn't take it in movies either. Oh, yeah. That, well, see, it's two for one. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, like there's there's something animalistic, like it just hits you on your primal level. And I think that's when when people talk about slashers, the reason that slashers are so effective, aside from the like broad camp value, is the fact that there's something primal about a hulking silent monstrosity bearing down on you. Yeah, and the and, reversal of hunter and hunted. Like we're at the top of the food chain. We are not accustomed to being hunted. Oh, exactly. It's a hor- it's a horrific feeling. Uh-huh. And, and I, especially if that person is if like oh the ones that get me, like the the later Jasons are great and everything, but the early ones where he's actually stalking them. Oh, yeah. He's there for oh, a while. Yeah. Or Michael Myers in the first few. He's there for a long time before he gets busy. He's watching you. And being watched is a very frightening thing as well. Yeah. Well, I thought this movie really felt like the original Halloween in a lot of ways. Not not just in the score, which is a very kind of like classic synth score. It was but... very Carpenter-esque. We talked about that, too. Oh, yeah, it's a absolutely. great score. Yeah. It's a great score, overbearing at points, but it intentionally so. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it it's jarring in a way that just sort of like, you know, because the thing about something relentless is that you really can't rest. You really can't get a good night's sleep. You're going to be aware. You're going to have that one eyed ready to break out of the window if you need to start running. Yeah. And uh, I think that's like having that overbearing score also just sort of like after a while, the thing about this film is after a while, I started feeling Jay's fatigue. And just her intense sense of burnout. And I oh, could yeah. see why she would want to put other people in danger. Like, suddenly I understood why that boy lied to her to get her into bed. Yeah, because you, 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 you can't. Yeah. Keep your it's, eyes open. You can't be watching 360 degrees. Well, you can't watch 360 degrees anyway. We're not built that way. Exactly. And sooner or later, you need some sort of respite. And that means possibly, you know, putting someone else in danger. And the paranoia built into this thing as well doesn't get me i mean in that it could be anybody mm-hmm. well anybody. it could be a sexualized version of your parents which well that ugh. was the other thing because like i said this thing doesn't spell anything out not this monster what it wants it lets you figure it out because you know we see a girl at the beginning who's its first victim the setup victim who i loved because she was running down the street in her underwear and high heel shoes i was like go girl you <laughs> oh, go girl, girl. you skills. go girl and i was like why are you wearing stiletto heels there's a reason we find out later after she's killed but I'm not spoiling anything, but when you see the body, she's killed in a very strange way. I'm like, that's really weird. And later on, when we see the monster kill somebody, it all made sense. I'm like, oh my God, is that what it wants? Oh, yeah. That's what it wants? Oh, yeah. Oh my God, that's fucked up. That's horrific, but it doesn't spell that out. Well, it and, doesn't. And, yeah, and I think it doesn't spell that out. And I think that's part of the reason that there was some blowback against it is because the first death is really horrific. And I think people kind of expected more of that to sort of just build up because yeah, a lot of people like they, they approach horror in that way like it's a tense and release tension and release and yeah. the occasional shock to sort of like because let's be honest like everyone likes boobs everyone likes butts and everyone likes you know gross bodies so we uh, people wanted to see more of that and when it was really just about this one core like if you kill off the core character then the movie flat flat lights yeah. excuse me yeah yeah if frat rhymes Right, right, yeah. Sorry, um, but yeah, and so I thought I think that's probably part of the disappointment. But I think in terms of how it reminded me of Halloween was also the pacing because you're right. Michael Myers doesn't immediately pull into ha- Haddonfield and start hacking away at teenage. And every girls. well, not in the he doesn't rob zombie, but you know. No, yeah, but the, that that is the film that shall not be named. Okay, but, that's why I didn't name it. Anyway, please continue. Exactly, and uh, you know, so 
the way that like he's sort of you know it's really interesting to try to get into Mike like like to the these monsters heads uh-huh. because um you know the creature in it follows is this sort of like very direct like you get the sense that because there, there's a way that it carries itself there's a way that it looks at other people that could see because like if you have passed on the infection to somebody else you uh-huh. could still see the creature uh-huh. but you can't like it's not going to go after you it, and, well he said it might yeah. Boy, he said it might, but you're still its first target. And there is a point where the monster is presented with two targets at once. Yeah. And, and there the is a conscious that... decision where, where weighs the con, where it's like, pro con, pro con. Yeah. I'm choosing my path. Oh, yeah. And, and it's one of those things like a, a silent killer. Just, you, you know, you can't talk to it. You can't communicate with it. And that's part of that relentlessness. That's terrifying. And, and just even... you see that little moment of personality as the as the spirit was choosing its victim. Uh huh. And also in how it manifests, because another thing it does not point out, it's a movie that you really have to pay attention to and not just what's going on, but what's in the details There's like you, you have you start to realize, oh, that's like sometimes the person that is manifesting you haven't met yet. Oh, yeah. And then when you see that person later, it doesn't say, oh, my God, that's the person that I saw. The mo- No. You got to pay attention. Then you realize the pattern that it's doing and how it's like, oh, that's just me. you have to look at pictures in the background, photos on the wall. You got to just like just pay people in the background. I'm like, that was the paper boy. Oh, yeah, that was the paper boy. We saw him an hour ago, but that was the paper boy that showed up in that scene before. Well, you caught it and I didn't. Yeah. uh, Well, it was a redheaded kid. That's why I I was like, hey, redheaded kid. Hey. Ah, yeah. It's a thing. You see it on screen. You got to capture it because a lot of times I don't use redheads because we're jarring to the camera. But, really? <laughs> uh, yes, we are. Well, he was playing a monster, so there might be something. And a paper boy, which is also a monster if this was better off dead. Redheaded jokes. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. I drink deep for the misery. But, um, yeah, and I, that was the other thing that I was sort of like, I was sort of extrapolating the monster's personality based on the people that it chose to present itself as. Like... It makes sense to go as a member of the family. Uh, Like, you will let someone like that get close. Yeah. But some of them, it's just like, you know, the monster, I feel like the monster was half created by the victims. Like, the spirit itself was its own thing. But maybe it would, like, pick people that the character might have been interested in or, you know, invested in. I thought that's like, because that's a cool touch. Because, you know, after, you know, once you're sexually active, you start kind of seeing the world a little bit differently. Yeah. And, you know... Even like even moments where like I wouldn't really sleep with that person, but maybe, you know, and I think that's a kind of cool way for like that's how I interpreted some of the monsters appearances as uh-huh. sort of um, uh-huh. like so like there's that part of like that lizard brain that's like, I'm not into you, but I'm into you in this sort of animal way. Sure, and, sure. At 4 a.m. I'll be interested. Oh, exactly. And the ghost is really just pure sexual id, you know, like it's not. It's not the, you know, it's not thinking, well, this would be a not, like, I'm going to, I'm going to appear as someone that looks like safe and comfortable to raise a family in the suburbs with. Like, uh-huh. it's going to show up as people that like just your animal brain wants to hook up with. And I or think that's just the, or just the worst possible choice. I mean, how horrible. Oh, yeah. How horrible to be being murdered by someone that you love. And especially in the way this thing rocks. Yeah. And what oh. it And what it does, which is so horrific. I'm not saying. Yeah, and it's uh, presented in the most horrific way possible. Yeah, oh, uh, you could just oof. We were both like, "Oh my god!" And it, you know what? The movie does not rely on jump scares. There was one, and I was the one person who screamed in the theater, and they all laughed at me. <laughs> yeah, uh, and that's sort of. And like, I screamed like a girl. Oh! <laughs> I I do recall that, and that's the thing. I kind of like <laughs> jump scares work, and sometimes jump scares can be a lot of fun. But there's this whole, like, I kind of want to follow James Wan around with a bullhorn and just blast it at him periodically. And it's like, that's not fucking scary, is it? It's just jarring. You're just jarring me. Yeah, especially since you've been, like, building up the soundtrack, and then it goes quiet. Yeah. I know what's coming. Oh, you know exactly what's coming. It's just a quiet, and I go, one, two, three, there it is. Bam. (laughs) Yeah. And, I mean, the guys, like, that's what... I think a lot of really popular horror films are doing these days is that they're just going for the jump scares. And honestly, jump scares are easy. It's not really that hard no, to do. It, no. it can be hard to do them well. Yeah. Um, and there are people who do them better. But I like that this movie sort of for, you know, it foregoes that route and just goes on this intense, unstoppable, relentless fear. 
Like yeah. you never felt safe. And that was oh, cool. That was the other thing I said to you afterwards. I said there was very, very, very few scenes. Very few. There's a very small amount of time where I was not on edge. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Never. You never get a break. No, not from the moment it starts. You're just on edge. And it, it's and it keeps you there, which is it, which is a neat trick. And to make the correlation to Babadook, and I think this is why another reason people don't like it is that it's not the movie you want it to be. You know, it's and it's it does not give you the ending that you oh, want. No, and, well, that's actually something I did want to ask about because I keep seeing this movie lumped or like connected to the Babadook, and I know that like chronologically they're coming out around the same time. Well, it's got nothing to do with the story. No, no, at all. It's just that different. you know that you know people who are going and expecting to see the scariest movie ever are expecting already have what you know, the one oh we're expecting like something like oh my gosh Evil Dead meets Texas Chainsaw blood and guts and you know I'll be screaming at the camera but that's not what this movie does it kind of gets you in your sleep kind of thing yeah and it's it, it the is- thing that's under the bed at three o'clock in the morning exactly it's it's the kind of fear because like the thing about those. You know, kind of bloody, and they're a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. I oh, love absolutely, they're a roller coaster ride. Yeah, they're great. But when I'm done with the movie, by two two hours after I leave the theater, I'm I'm not really worried about Leatherface. I could still like just walking through, especially walking through New York City, and occasionally keeping your head on a swivel because you turn around and there's someone doing that like psycho walk toward you. Yeah, and like that's the thing about those films. Or the same, I had the same reaction with The Ring. Like I took that home with me. It be the like. And I think part of it is the fact that you know you can never get rid of it. Like, yeah. once the text Chainsaw Massacre is over with, the survivors have survived. You yeah, know, I'm not whatever. there. I'm not in this scenario. Like, what if, what if, what if my previous sexual partners pass oh. it on to me, and I don't know? Oh, exactly. And and uh, I'm a whore. <laughs> I am a whore. I have got a. Che- I don't even have a checkered past. Mine are. <laughs> Oh, see, I <laughs> I've got a book that's just filled with check, 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 blank spot, check, 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 check. You know, it's like I got you know forget it, forget it. And um, I need to figure out your secret because I uh, l- let's just say it's, I'm it's in a no gay real- man, a gay man who's a different kind of menu. We're wired, okay. yeah, <laughs> like because it, it's it's definitely it's tough a lot easier for us. Yeah, because I, I got to tell you, let me let me just say this: I'm in no danger of the thing from it follows for a good long mm-hmm. while. So yeah. I know. Sad Someday I'm gonna cash in on all these free movies I take you to, but you know. <laughs> oh man, give it! Come around. It's all these screenings. They don't have. They don't sell popcorn at these screenings. You can't have food in there. Otherwise, you would have gotten the the hole in the bottom of the popcorn box oh. by now. Oh, bless. did anyone ever do that? Is that a real thing? <laughs> I don't think so. I actually think done that. I think it's one of those things that like teenage boys come up with to like freak each other out. I guess because so. it's just like like the logistics of it. First off. Uh, it, like, what if you're small? There's question number one. Two, like, that's a lot of logistics. Salt. Salt, thank those you. Those kernels, those uh, residual kernels at the bottom, they could get in your pee hole. That would be a very serious problem. Well, to be fair, I, I, I'm sure someone thought about that and that was part of the appeal for them. But, uh-huh. yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like it's somewhere between, like, teenage boy idea and something in Hustler. So... You know, I, I'm pretty sure that like people just did did it the old fashioned way, which gave each other hand jobs in a dark movie theater. Uh, but okay. you the know, old, the old, just like my grandparents used to do. Yeah. Oh, it's the way you go God. down and you watch Cary Grant and his latest debut and just reach over and give each other a handy J. That's just how it was. Oh yeah. Well, it's you know, and it's back then you might go home with a dish <laughs> or, or or a special glass or Shirley Temple mug. There you go. Comm- something commemorative and a cartoon. <laughs> Joe, Joe, yo, oh, sorry, thought, uh, yeah. little, there was a little cut out of there. Okay, well, probably the internet was probably like, "You're disgusting." Stop masturbating each other. In short, I really, <laughs> really enjoyed it. Follows, and I think I mean I'm assuming it's getting a theatrical release. I can't find it. It looks like it's going to get a theatrical release abroad uh, at the end of February, and it's going to get a domestic release mid March. That's what I was just looking up on Wikipedia. Okay. Kind of I recommend seeing it on the big screen because, like I said, it's a very, very beautifully shot movie. And like I said, it's in the space around the main characters, the emptiness where the real, you know, it gives you lots of places to search, like with paranormal activities, for example. Mm-hmm. They're not as effective on TV because it's not that big screen for you to start searching. What's going to move? What's going to move? 
Yeah. What's going to move? What's going to move? What's going to move? Because you have to really hunt for it and you might miss it. Whereas on the TV, it's all very small and confined. You can see the whole thing. You see it all. Good. So it's not as effective. It's not that paranoia of, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And there's a lot of that in this movie. Yeah. And um, from where is it coming from? And I also like that we described it during the time we were watching it as a Scooby-Doo. Parts, you were like, it's a Scooby-Doo episode. And I would add with full frontal nudity. Amen. There's a lot of beaver. There's a lot of peen. Oh, yeah. Big time. A lot of peen. I was really surprised by that for a modern horror film. Uh-huh. And so it's a penis on the like, roof. I, I definitely agree with you. I think you should see it in theater. Also, because I think there's like, I believe that you have to see movies in theater if you really want to see it because that's the correct experience. But this one, that's too, how it was supposed to be seen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But this one, too, you know, maybe it's just that I come from the generation where everyone has no attention span whatsoever. But I feel uh... like if you watch it, if you watch it on a small TV, it's it can be really easy to ignore. Oh yeah, and I don't think you the just movie... start texting through it like there's nothing happening. Yeah, it is, it is happening, but it's the small things, and maybe you're, it's not always pointing out what's happening. Yeah, and you need to kind of be pulled in thoroughly to the world. And I we think... were doing that a lot. There'd be people having a conversation, the characters having a conversation. And I start hitting Joe. I'm like, it's right there. It's right, it's right there. behind you. It's yeah. right there. Oh, yeah. it's, but they're not being clued in by the music. I'm like, it's right there. It's right there. No, it's nobody turning around. <laughs> Turn the... Whereas if well, you're sitting there texting and tweeting the whole time, you didn't see it at all. Yeah, and I think that's kind of like the point of it falls. You have to kind of keep your head on a swivel because the second you lose your focus, the second you lose your concentration, it's bearing down on you. And I think that it's nice. really there's easy your tagline. To, uh, Don't lose your focus. You exactly. And um, the swivel second, it, girl. Swivel it, girl. And you know you're gonna lose a lot of that sort of overwhelming dread if you just watch it on some TV while you've got your laptop open and you're doing two different things. And I think this movie works best. Because I like I didn't see the Babadook in theater, but there's something the performances are pretty like compelling. I yeah. think this movie is really a it's a director's film. You know, it's an image. Absolutely. Film. Absolutely. Because like we're not going to talk about it now, but, you know, there's water symbolism all over the place in this movie. Oh, God. Yeah. Constant running theme of water, constant running team theme of time shifting. And it's not a time travel movie. It's just there are things going together this, like, in the score, in the furnishings. With the electronics, like you have a you have the e-reader, but a black and white TV and furniture with plastic covers on it. Like going, when are we? Yeah, when yeah, is yeah. this? Is this the eighties? Well, that's it, it, nobody okay. has a cell phone. What's going on? But they have an e-reader. What's happening? Yeah, it's it's one of those like like it. And, and as a side note too, and this is something I realized because I just watched and totally fell in love with Only Lovers Left Alive. I'm hey. starting to think that Detroit is the new Transylvania. Like it's the American Transylvania. It's a haunted city now. Oh, it totally is. Well, yeah, everything this is sort play, of takes place in Detroit, as did parts of Only Lovers Left Alive, and it's used to visual excellence. Oh yeah. Well, the the ending scene in the pool looks like a nightmarish castle, and uh-huh. you have, and you do have this sort of like like one of the weapons they use again. Not getting too deep into it is like what appears to be pretty old technology, and there's this real softening of where in time and space this all is. And it really works for the film. It works really effectively. Yeah, because one of the things that I've read, and I like this idea, is that it's like an urban legend that you've that you've always known but forgot about. Oh, we. I mean, it's it's what every kid knows about the horror genre: have sex, die, and it's yeah, also yeah. But what like this particular thing, like I heard, oh, yeah. ha- no, it's happened to a friend of mine. You know, oh, you know, it's got that kind of a feel to it. It's some kind of campfire tale that you just haven't been told yet. Yeah, and that for me is horror at its most effective. Like horror with really grandiose plotting becomes fantasy. Mm-hmm. Like, like with a lot of you know, in David Dark fantasy, but with like a lot of rules and stuff like that. Oh yeah, this uh, thing it's very simple. It's neat. The rules are simple, and its needs are simple. It just wants you. Exactly. Just you. Only the, you. Yeah, and a horror works best in that sort of like confined haiku format. Just like mm-hmm. keep it, keep it a campfire tale. It wants one thing from you, and that's it. And it's something that you and wanted to give and you're being punished because we're also we're Americans. We have a kind of puritanical streak to us. So it's not that hard to sell us on the fear of sex, you know, or at least the fear of consequences of sex because sex yeah. is, and people want it. And, you know, it, like people get punished for it. And if you can kind of make that into a tangible fear, this relentless creature in the dark like that, that's a great way to sort of tap into that fear what kind of keeping this sort of campfire framework, this ghost story framework. Mm-hmm. Okay. Joe Borelli, I think we've done it. It's fo- it follows. I think we nailed it. I think we have wet their whistle enough or bored them to tears. <laughs> Either way. Well, in that case, 
at, in that case, my my life's work is a pompous hey, novel hey, horror hey, genre. That's right. So it's totally complete. Good for you. Good for you. What was funny when we were walking out of the screening, I was like, well, I really like. You know, the, the, I said what I said earlier. I'm like, I was really impressed by the way that the uh, director used the negative sp- space for just. The, the best making this very small film feel wide open we're in the elevator and there's some other guy in there and i said that was probably the most snobby film frou-frou thing i have ever <laughs> said in my life but you know i have to say it. and he turned to me he turned to us he was like you could have done worse okay. <laughs> so we were in a yeah we were in a theater or a theatrical guild or something so i'm sure that people probably hear that kind of shit all the time i know but i'm not i'm not that guy i'm not the guy to notice that kind of thing but i noticed it well, I think, that, um, and of course, you know, the symbolism of the pool, you know, the egg of the fertility of the pool, and her, the pool is her vagina. Yes, of course. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I think that what, what was it? interesting about that uh, with that about that exchange is I think that sort of symbolized kind of a, a, a different comparison between the two of us because yeah. I tend to be really sort of you know my, my whole thing is oh you know horror as an art form horror is this sort of like thing you can pin on a wall and dissect like a like a dead butterfly and you have this sort of much more kind of personal uh like we were talking about lovecraft and i was always kicking around this idea that like you know lovecraft has sort of lost some traction in my eyes because a lot of his stuff comes to this really racist place and you looked at me and it's like it's horror it's supposed to come from a dark place i'm like fuck you're right in all this sort of ap- apologia that i do and the sort of like hand wringing about the motivation of things it's, you, it's, it's it's sometimes important to remember that horror comes from the gut and in in those dark places and that's where you yeah and from your lizard value. brain which doesn't have those rules exactly your lizard and brain God, doesn't care what color you are if it, if i feel threatened by you and i don't like you that's just the way it is yeah exactly it cannot and, be reason well, it's like the monster in this film it cannot be reasoned with and it cannot be dissuaded Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the reason the monster in the film, because, like, I had a lot, you know, when I was a kid, I remember those sexual anxieties. I really do. And they just took that intensity, those intense emotions, and put it in the worst possible scenario. It could be like, yes, sex is going to kill you, and it's going to come at you in the form of your mother or something. And it's just like, God, that's so <laughs> that's the worst. Weird. That's the worst. That's so <laughs> weird. <laughs> Joe, where can people listen to you? Tell us about Creature Cast. So uh, I, I do my own podcast. It's called The Creature Cast. Uh, we, you can find us on iTunes at Creature Cast or at our website, CreatureCast.net. Um, we do a kind of broad swath of the horror genre. Like today uh, or yesterday, I had recorded something on the video game The Evil Within. Tonight, I'm going to be recording something on the comic of The Sandman. But we talk, you know, horror movies, horror, the, the, the genre in as much of its entirety as I can. And uh, I also I published recently a horror story called Community Business in Old Scratch and Owl Hoots, a collection of Utah horror. So if you like Wild West or Mormon horror, like, there you go. Um, that is a very specific niche. I love you. Yeah, well, I have I have a friend in Utah, and he was putting Mormon it horror. Redundant, oh, yeah. but yes, please continue. <laughs> yeah! You know, I mean, I love the guy, so... I'm sorry to my Mormon listeners. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was an easy joke. Oh, yeah, well, they're super nice, and that's not creepy at all sometimes. But Not uh, at all creepy. Everybody, I was in Salt Lake City. I'm like, everybody's smiling. Oh yeah. Well, I, you know, I live all in the York. time. But. Like I live in New York. It's like for so long now. Like the only time people come up to you on the street is they either want your money, they want to fuck you, or they want to pull you into their schizophrenic delusions. Or when a cigarette. Just, yeah. Or a cigarette. Yeah. And like when people are just coming up to you and being nice, my first reaction is just immediate distrust. Like, <laughs> hey, how's it going? <laughs> what the fuck Fist do you up. want? You know? up. Like, yeah. So, but yeah. Uh, so old scratch. Now. Exactly. See, we we've gone native here, we but um, native. but yeah, um, uh, old scratch and owl hoots. It's uh, it's an HW. It's a horror writers association anthology and uh, creaturecast.net. And yeah, this was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for inviting you're me. You're very welcome. And thank I you just, for taking me to the movie. Oh, you're time. welcome. You're welcome. I have two things to say though. Shoot. Evil Within is really hard. Yeah, it's really hard. I have it on easy, and I'm just like, I, this it, is it was work. my I ass. Had put, I had to put time to carve that one through. It's really hard. <laughs> well, and I keep yelling at him, like, don't you understand, you, game? The, the whole thing is, it has... You're supposed to let me in. That's the Let me win. That's the one rule. <laughs> Stop well, killing me. It's, it's, it's really weird because, like, it, like, the opening couple of levels are punishingly difficult because it doesn't, like, it says be a stealth game, but then every monster's coming after you. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, you don't have any power-ups. Like, once you get past the first three levels, and it's a real chore, I don't blame a lot of people for bailing, 
Um, once you get past that point, you get stronger, your character gets more stuff, and you're able yeah. to fight back more. Yeah. And so the dynamic changes. But I, I totally feel you. The evil third level was brutal. The one oh. in the town. Oh, well, that's that's the one. That, like, I think that was a really badly designed level because it's really off-putting to players. But you know what? When I beat it, I did the dance. I put the thing down. I'm jumping on the furniture like, motherfucker! 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 And I'm like, oh, there's more? There's more? Oh, yeah. There's more? Okay. And the other thing is you said swath. I did? You said, our podcast cuts a wide swath through the genre. I'm like, you who the fuck? What show do you think you're on? You shut your swath. I have, I I shut my swath. I have a fucking master's degree in horror fiction. That is (laughs) $50,000 that guarantees I'm completely unemployable. A swath? Oh, yeah. Cut a broad swath. I'll give you a swath. You can smell my uh, swath. I can smell your swath from here. Shut your swath. I love you, Joe. Oh, oh land's oh, land sakes. My goodness gracious. But yeah, um, yeah. thank you again for inviting me and taking me out and like, sh- like getting me into and getting me to watch a movie with Tony Timponi, which was just too fucking cool. Like That's that pretty cool. That's one of my favorite New York experiences of all time. Yeah, you should have just given him a hand job like olden days. Okay, we're out. Thank you, Joe, for having me. Good night. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Drive safe. Pick your waiter. I was on the outside when you stayed, you stayed, and you left me. I was looking at myself. Patrick and my fellow Scream Queens with a Z. Happy Valentine's Day. This is Hogan from <gasps> Illinois. I'll be your Valentine. I called in to comment on the film Honeymoon. <gasps> oh my gosh, we're going on a honeymoon. It's so sudden. I really like this film. It has a small cast, basic premise, and some Honenbergian gore scenes going on in it with the body horror and stuff. Sorry, spoiler. Um, <laughs> No and it's all wrapped up in this smart, horrifying little film. I really liked it. Yeah, um, It was really cool because the film was so confined, it just kind of forced me to think about what could really, what could you really do in this situation with someone you loved? It, I, I found the film to be really scary and thought-provoking. Um, and it's horrifying. As horrifying as this film got, the feelings it evoked mirrored the worst parts of being in a relationship or the uh-huh. worst times in a relationship Absolutely. when you love someone so much and stuff's going wrong and you don't know what to do. Yeah. I really love this film for other Valentine's day recommend recommendations Two new films out suburban Gothic and the voice. They were both pretty good. The voice what? is hilarious. Ryan Reynolds is a badass. All right. Bye everybody. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold the phone there. Tiger. Wow, that was just really quick that you just spurted those titles out and I really couldn't catch them. And that, that, you know what, fine. I'm going with that innuendo because you know what? Hogan's a hottie. But he's also a good daddy and a good father and a smart guy. And one of my online friends that I really respect, even though I've never met the man. And I agree with everything you said. That's when uh, Hogan first wrote me after I made him watch it. He said that was really unsettling and he was talking about how what he just said how things mirror relationships how far can you go in that kind of a scenario what you do with someone you love realistically because you can sit outside the movie and you go like i would punch her in the damn head but would you really could you really now i was yelling at the tv screen why isn't anybody going to the hospital but in retrospect looking at it from the outside view no spoiler here that probably would not have been allowed. I'm not saying what that means, but it would not have been allowed. Thank you for the titles. Uh, it sounded like The Voice and Suburban Gothic. And I hope it's 
the voice because I don't want to be watching, you know, reruns with, oh, Usher with his leg up, like, yeah, yeah, all the time, or, you know, all that. Okay, well, okay, Hogan, I'm babbling. And you know why I'm babbling? You're my only voicemail. You're my one true Valentine. And I like it. It's cool. Like, not in a gay way, but, you know, it's, well, it's a half gay way. You know what I mean? Thank you, Hogan. I love you. Goodbye. There's a couple of emails that I would like to read, and I am a terrible, terrible host because these emails are so old, and I never read them on the show. Well, here's the deal. If you write me an email, I'll write you back, but then I forget to read it on the show. Why? Because I'm a horrible person. Not a lot of times people are just asking me a direct question or just, you know, a little quickie thing like, hey, what's wrong with the sign? I'm not going to read that on the show. But then when somebody takes the time to write something really special, I should read it on the show. Am I right? Of course I'm right. I'm the only one talking right now. Not that that would mean I wasn't right, logically. But you know what? Shut up. It's my show. Right. So I'm going to read an email, a very old email from a a possibly very old man named Michael. I'm going to call him Michael S. You know who you are. And he's not old. I don't know why I said such a thing. This is why people don't write me. And he says, hey, Patrick, love the podcast. That was all in caps. So that's why I said it like that. Love the podcast. I have been backtracking from the most recent one. God, what was wrong with those haunted houses you went to? See, that's how old this is. We're talking Halloween here. Your stories made me want to go out there and scare the crap out of them. And I just listened to the episode for Summer of Fear. I tried to leave a review on iTunes, but it was being its usual douchebag self, and I don't think it went through. I'll leave another one, though. Blah, blah, blah. Thank you so much for all the great work you do. Nice to know that there are other screen queens out there. Now, if only we lived on the same coast, I could invite you to come over and watch the Blu-ray I just picked up at Fry's for three bucks. When a stranger calls, and happy birthday to me. See, oh, see, I don't know what kind of place fries is. I was expecting something like Pizza Boy He Delivers, but you never... Okay, so good. Okay, when a stranger calls, and happy birthday to me. Hell, even if it's a... Blah, 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 hell, even if it's a shitty transfer for three bucks, who am I to argue? You can't argue. Not with those two, and I'm not going to argue with you either. Michael, thank you for writing in. I know we had a very long conversation after that, but I just wanted to acknowledge that I do talk about emails on the show sometimes, and yours is a very nice one, especially inviting me over to watch a movie. And I'm really hoping that that was a euphemism for something else. And if it's not, you know what? We probably will do, we'll, we'll do the euphemism thing and watch the movie. While watching the movie, I don't know what I'm saying. And I still hope, Michael, that that transfer of happy birthday to me that you got has the orchestral score and not the awful, like, weird 80s synth slash disco score that they put in because they couldn't get the rights and because it's terrible. Thank you for writing, Michael. Goodbye. Okay, another email really quickly. This is from Sarah W. Hi, Patrick. I am a new listener. Well, not anymore. It was like six months ago. But I am a new listener. Just started listening this week. And I've got to tell you, I love your podcast. I am a podcast snob. And most that I try to listen to, especially that have to do with the movie reviews, I turn off within the first five minutes. You make it enjoyable. Know your stuff when it comes to horror. And don't give away too much when it comes to spoilers. I have a few suggestions for movies that I think you would enjoy if you haven't seen them already, of course. Bitch, I've seen everything. And I say bitch with love, not disrespectfully. Anyway, one is a Japanese horror movie called House, otherwise known as Haozu. Ah, that movie's bonkers! Okay, it's actually a Criterion Collection film and it's fantastic. I suggested to everyone I know and the few people I forced to watch it probably think I'm crazy for liking it so much. You are crazy for liking it so much, but that is a good thing. It's a horror comedy, is it? Is it a comedy? I don't know what it is. Okay, it's a horror comedy. I suggest watching the trailer on YouTube to see if you would be in for it. And the other movie I want to suggest is The Changeling from 1980 with George C. Scott. It's a horror mystery, but I have to say that it is a movie that every time I watch it, it stays with me for days afterwards. It's a classic that I don't think enough people have seen or heard of. Cheesy at times, but hey, it's the 80s. 
but for the most part, it's very well acted and genuinely scary. Also, I know you've seen some Italian horror films from the little I've heard of your show, but I highly suggest Suspiria, a Dario Argento flick. Who? Never heard of him. Suspiria? Huh? What are you talking about? It's beautifully filmed. The colors and music alone make it great. And I just listened to your review of Phenomena. And I also love that movie. So if you haven't seen Suspiria, it's stylistically similar to this film. Anyway, you seem to really... Okay, let me try that again. Anyhow, you seem like you really know your horror movies. So you may have seen most of these or all of these. But I always like to share some of my favorites with anyone I meet who is into horror. And that's a great thing. Thank you for all the work you put into the show. I work from home and often listening to music and podcasts is the only thing that can keep me connected to the quote-unquote real world before I can get out of the house. Enjoy your Halloween season. I'm going to pretend that she got that wish in really early for next year. Oh, and I fully accept the consequences that come with sharing these movies with you, i.e. going up against the wall. Happy screaming, Sarah W. Thank you, Sarah W. And as I, again, I responded to her in full and at length. We had some back and forth. But again, I just want to acknowledge these things. And how zoo is a freaking hoot. I should carry it on the show, uh, talk about it on the show, because it is so completely bonkers. Even if you've seen it, you'll find more bonkers things to watch about it. How's new, how's new, how's new? Maybe, maybe, maybe over the summer when things get a little slow. And The Changeling, that is one of those HBO overdose films. It was on every day, three times a day, and I agree, it is a brilliant, brilliant little film. Tiny, tiny scares that add up to one big, great story. And come on, Suspiria, come on. Come on. That's a movie that's almost impossible to talk about. Everybody's talked about it to death. I'm not sure what I could bring to it, but you know what? If I watch it again in the future and I see some angle that I've never heard anybody else talk about, you know, I'll be doing it. And I'll say, Sarah, thank you, Sarah W., for putting that seed into my head instead of in my mouth where it usually winds up. What? What? What did I just say? Ew. This is why people don't write me. Ew. Now, if you want to be like Hogan, all hot and sexy like Hogan with his kung fu grip, with his kung fu grip, which is a real thing. I've seen the pictures. Or like Michael and Sarah, you can give me a call at 917-720-2047. Or you can write me at crew at screamqueens.com. You can follow me on Facebook by doing a search on the Scream Queens Horror Podcast or you can follow me on Twitter, at Scream Queens. And of course, that's Queens with a Z. So, next time, it's going to be March. I'm going to see if I can trick my Irish girls that are staying with me to talk about an Irish horror movie. Maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't for St. Patrick's Day. But the thing is, next month has a Friday the 13th in it. I missed this month's Friday the 13th. So you know damn well that the next thing I'm going to be talking about without a doubt, is Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday. Maybe I might have to double up and also do Jason X, but I don't know if I can take both of those movies at once, but you know what? I've taken a hell of a lot more than that. What? Who said what now? I don't know. Anyway, that's it. Time to wrap this puppy up for another week. So, once again, my beautiful, beautiful screamers continue to make the world a creepier place. And remember, as my grandmama used to say, Boy, did you know that after the first time your grandfather and I did the deed, he followed me around like a crazy person everywhere I went. There he was, right behind me, in the kitchen, in the bedroom, in the bathroom, at the toilet, in the bathtub, in the market, at the laundromat, at church, everywhere I went. Well, it turns out that he got his wiener caught in the hooks at the back of my skirt and couldn't get free. And was just too polite to say anything about it. Now that's what I call a gentleman. Some of the music for tonight's program has been provided by Mavio's Music Service. Check them out at music.mavio.com, bitches. <laughs>